Welcome and thanks for joining Deacon Ryan, the people's platform and community where like-minded people come together to gather, pray and above all, share our love for both God and one another. That's here with Deacon Ryan. Let's pray. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. He went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day as was his custom and read from the prophet Isaiah. The eyes of all were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They said, is not this Joseph's son? Jesus said to them, doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, doctor, cure yourself. And you will say, do here also in your hometown the things that we have heard you did at Capernaum. And he said, truly, I tell you, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. But the truth is, there were many widows in Israel in the time of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there was a severe famine over all the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none of them, except to a widow at Zarephath in Sidon. There were also many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. When they heard this, all in the synagogue were filled with rage. They got up, drove Jesus out of the town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built, so that they might hurl him off the cliff. But Jesus passed through the midst of them, and went on his way. The Gospel of the Lord. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, on Thursday I was a speaker at a Faith Development Day in Edmonton. The topic that I presented on to the grade 6 to 8 classes at Bishop David Motuk School was, We Are All Unique and a special part of God's plan. As I was preparing to write my homily for this weekend, I noticed that the first words from our first reading had figured prominently in the speech that I had written. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. We so often write off our Lord's gentle guidance as coincidence, rather than taking a moment and asking why our Lord brought two seemingly unrelated things together in our consciousness. So I wrote those words at the top of my page and then started reading through the scriptures from today. In our first reading, our Lord is speaking to the young prophet Jeremiah, and he's telling him that the cost of being a prophet of God is going to be great. The reaction of the people to the word of God will be condemnation, even hatred. 
They will fight against the words. He will speak on the Lord's behalf. And it will be so traumatic that the Lord needs to caution Jeremiah to not break down. Also translated as to not shatter before the people. Then in our gospel, Jesus experiences a similar response to his teachings in the synagogue. The people at first were amazed at his reading of the scriptures. When he says the scriptures were fulfilled, as we read in scripture, we know that he was quoting from Isaiah. But they eventually become perplexed as to them, instead of the Messiah standing before them, they simply see the son of Joseph, a humble local carpenter. Everything is cordial until Jesus connects that fulfillment of scripture with the stories of Elijah and Elisha, where we see God's grace extended to the Gentiles, to the non-Jews. This enrages them. And just as our Lord had warned Jeremiah, the people sought to break Jesus. They sought to shatter him upon the rocks below the cliff. Speaking the truth at the time of Jeremiah, speaking the truth at the time of Jesus, and speaking the truth today often results in condemnation. How often when we talk to our families and friends do we shy away from certain topics because of a fear of conflict? I often hear people complaining that they're not hearing truth proclaimed enough from the ambo. My brother deacons and priests are often hesitant to grapple with the tough topics of our day. Cancel culture makes us weigh every word against the threat of losing this platform upon which we have to preach. Abortion, euthanasia, social justice violations, homosexuality, gender, identity, marriage and divorce, the worthy reception of the sacraments, sin. All of these topics have become so politicized and so emotionally charged And we've lost our ability to dialogue such that any attempts to teach on these topics often result in complaints to the bishop or maybe to the local newspaper or even worse, in those who truly need to hear those teachings, taking offense and deciding never to return to the church. In failing to proclaim the truths given to us by our Lord and Savior, We may save ourselves some trouble today, but we set ourselves up for many more problems down the road. We allow a watered down, a distorted understanding of our faith to creep in. For example, my friends, many in the church believe that if one has a civil divorce, they can no longer receive the sacraments. Often because of this mistaken belief, the divorced will impose exile upon themselves from the church. They cut themselves off from the grace and the strength of the Eucharist. They separate themselves from what should be a loving parish community, ready to journey with them towards reconciliation. And often it's this loneliness, this loneliness in this self-imposed exile that results in them entering into another romantic relationship the point when we do enter into potential sin. 
In self-imposed exile, they miss hearing the teachings that for every wrong we make, for every wound we experience, for every hurt, whether it's self-imposed or imposed on us by another, the church has a remedy. We shy away from the hard truths, and yet just as we heard in our first reading, our Lord promised Jeremiah, he promises all of us that when we proclaim his word, when we exercise our baptismal ministry of prophet, he promises that while we will be attacked for those words, he is with us. He will deliver us. Now, returning to the challenges of proclaiming the truth, St. Paul clearly tells us why the hard truths of faith are received so poorly. If I speak in the tongues of human beings and of angels, but do not have love, I am noisy gong or a clang of cymbals. It's often not the teaching which is the issue. It's how we deliver the teaching. If we teach from a place of judgment or condemnation rather than love, how can we heal the hurt of others? What about us? St. Paul tells us that we can know the mysteries. We can have all the knowledge. We can have all the faith. And yet, if we do not have love, we are nothing. I want you, my friends, to take a moment to reflect upon your life. I want you to start by thinking about your family, those possibly sitting in the pews next to you. Then I want you to work outwards to your extended family, to your coworkers, to those in your greater community. I want you to intentionally meditate upon the relationships that you have in which you struggle. Those who have hurt you, those whom you see as your enemy. Do you love them? Do you love them all with a self-sacrificing, self-giving love? St. Paul tells us that all prophecies come to an end. Tongues will cease, knowledge will disappear. All that we work for on earth All that we build, everything will fade away except for love. Love never ends. And it's love which takes those hard topics that I mentioned earlier. It's love that takes those hard topics and smooths the edges, softens them. It's only in the light of love that we can engage that which wounds us and offer up a remedy. For as St. Paul told us, love is patient, love is kind, love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. But love doesn't mean that objective truth doesn't exist or doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that everything goes or that as long as something makes us feel good, it is good. 
Narrow is the road that leads to life everlasting, for love does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in truth. My friends, the first words of Scripture today were, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. Each and every one of us was known by our God, the creator of the universe, before he fearfully and lovingly stitched us together in our mother's wombs. And we have been consecrated for a particular purpose. You, me, our families, our friends, our enemies. It's a sobering reminder that even those who condemn us, even those who condemn us, are known and loved by our God. All of us have a part to play in God's plan of salvation. All of us here have been baptized into Jesus' ministry of priest, prophet, and king. We have a responsibility to proclaim the truths of Jesus Christ. Just as Jeremiah and Jesus suffered for proclaiming the truth, we too need to stand firm. We need to teach the truths of Jesus Christ, the teachings of the church, no matter what the consequences. And my friends, I ask you to hold me accountable. We cannot be seduced by or communicate strange teachings, but we must proudly proclaim the salvation offered by our Lord and Jesus Christ on the cross. But my friends, here is the key. We must communicate those truths with love. We must communicate them with the same love that Jesus Christ loves us. Amen. Thanks once again for taking the time to join Deacon Ryan the people's platform and community where like-minded people come together to gather, pray, and above all, share our love for both God and one another. That's here with Deacon Ryan.